Hello, and joining Michael McLaughlin and myself, James Shaw, on this episode of Previously Learned is the adventurer Katrina Maggot. There's a bit of confusion at the beginning of this podcast, and that's probably down to my Spanish, which needs a little bit of work. However, some Katrina facts for you. Uh, Katrina has sailed around Great Britain on a 28-foot yacht. She's trekked the length of New Zealand, walking 3,000 kilometres from North to South Islands. She has walked the Camino del Rey, pardon for my Spanish there, and she has embarked on climbing 40 volcanoes by the age of 40. This is a really interesting and thoroughly insightful podcast, and we hope you enjoy listening to it. As always, please leave a um, review, subscribe, uh, any comments, any feedback would be much appreciated. But as I say, we hope you enjoy listening. Thank you very much. So, Katrina, welcome to our Producer Event podcast. Uh, how are you? How's things? Yeah, good. Thank you. So, uh, really looking forward to this. Um, now, obviously doing a bit of research before it, um, I should say my mum was a bit of a warrior, and when we were younger, my toy aeroplane had a cork on the end of the, the nose, so we didn't take our eyes out. Now, you, on the other hand, you've sailed around Great Britain in a 28-foot yacht and just released an e-book called A Voyage Around Britain in a Small Yacht. Oh, my, my fiancé's actually released that. Oh, you've done it in partnership then. So. Well, <laughs> the sailing, definitely. Okay. Uh, you solo trekked the length of New Zealand from north to south, uh, which I believe is around 3,000 kilometres. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, pardon my Spanish here, but you've walked the, the Camino del Rey, the, the King's Bath in uh, in southern Spain? No, that's not me. Ah, well, good job I've done my research there. <laughs> <laughs> I could pretend I've done that. <laughs> Lesson learned by myself there. Um, and you have done the 40 volcanoes by 40 challenge. You started that, haven't you? Yeah, I have started that, yes. Okay, so where did it all start from? Where do you get the sense of adventure from on uh, to all those challenges? It's a good question, actually, because I grew up in a very academic household. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a, a university lecturer and we sort of had instilled in us from a very young age, go on to university, get your degree, um, carry on. And, and, and that's what life, life was. Um, and while I grew up and I'm originally from New Zealand, I, I grew up in a, in a small lifestyle block of, of one acre. So there were farm animals and, and lots of rural areas to, to run around and play in and, and climbing trees. Um, I can't really remember ever having a, a barbecue um, as a as a child, or and my parents weren't particularly outdoorsy, so there was never. While I had a lot of outdoors around me, there wasn't a lot of outdoor adventuring um, stuff sort of put into me, I guess, as as a person. And then, I mean, if you've ever been to New Zealand, it is a beautiful country, and it just sort of came to me that. Um, I needed to do something bigger than than what I was doing, um, and I'd I'd walked one of the great walks in New Zealand, and it was just stunning. And I was on top of um, we were doing a, a ridge line walk, and it was seven o'clock 
in the evening and the sun's starting to set and there's these snow-capped mountains and these two kea birds, uh, which are um, native to New Zealand, came flying past and it was just me and um, my partner at the time and, and these two birds. And it was just such a magical moment and it was something in that that was like, wow, I think I could like just walk the length of New Zealand and try and experience this every single day. So ever since then, that's that's sort of been really the the driving force um, behind it all and then pushing myself to see how far I could go outside my comfort zone, really. So was it, was it a bit of a cliche though, when you when you first did it, like one step at a time? Or did you have any idea what you're coming up for when you're doing it or what, what you're going to uh, get out of it? It, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it took me three years to get the courage up to to actually do it. It was always a continuous. I, I've struggled with um, chronic self doubt for for most of um, my life, and so there was always this thinking of like, oh, I couldn't do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not big rules. Uh, I'm not fit enough or strong enough or any any of that sort of things and then I did some research for the walk and I'm like oh no there's going to be kayaking I can't do kayaking because I hated that at, at, at high school when we did it in PE class so it was just this mixture of things and and I put it off for three years and then I just got to the point where this is ridiculous I've just got to to go and do it and prove to myself that I can actually um, do it and it was literally putting one foot in front of the other. And I think I've taken from that um, very much for, for pretty much everything um, now with life, whether it's doing another adventure or um, career type of stuff as well. It's all, it's all about just being able to take one step. And what I said to myself at the time was, if I can stand, then I can take a step. And if I can take one step, then I can take another step. And if you keep taking steps, then you can see your progress. There's a great um, quote, because I did some research, and uh, he's, he's not commented on that one, is he? So, um, <laughs> so the, you said there was, it was huge and overwhelming, um, and I'm going to try and forgive me, everybody in New Zealand who ever listens to this, Tiaora. That oh, that's pretty close. <laughs> okay. I have to say I did Google it and I did listen to somebody saying it over and over again. Um, but you, you, there was a great quote. You said it was so huge and overwhelming and, and just, as you just said, filled with self-doubt and it was the fear that stopped you from doing it. How did you kind of get over that? I know you just said one step at a time, but what was was there a moment after the three years that went, right, something, how did you get over that? I think it was very much um, – being swamped with all these feelings at the time of that, no, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. Um, why would somebody like me be able to to walk 3,000 kilometres? Um, and it just became this constant chatter in my head and I just got so annoyed <laughs> with it that um, I just had to do something to, to try and um, get over it, really, and that involved, right, make the commitment, I'm going to go and, and do this walk and, and do it in the face of fear, which is what people say courage is. And courage is being able to take action in spite of your fear. So that's, that's essentially it. And, and it goes to show that you can do that as well. So that's, I think, 
the most important thing that even if you feel that you've got self-doubt, even though you feel that you're scared of something or you're worried about what people are going to think of you or you don't think you're going to be able to do it, you can if you take action. If you can take those little steps, then, then you can actually achieve something even though you don't feel like you can. So you did it solo, didn't you, the, the trek? Is that right? Well, I did the I did the North Island. Well, the original plan was to do the whole thing uh, solo in one go. And so I did all of the North Island and got to the South Island. So I was about 2,000 kilometres out of the 3,000, and then I injured my knee. So Ouch. that sort of caused a whole lot of issues because suddenly I was a failure and what did this mean for the walk? What did it mean about my identity and, and all of that? So I came back to the UK and then the next season I was determined to finish this walk. So I went back um, the next season to finish it and my partner joined me halfway through the South Island. So, um, so he walked maybe... I think 500 kilometers yeah. and then um lightweight what a lightweight <laughs> yeah exactly and then <laughs> but then covid hit so we were seven days seven days to get to to bluff uh, which was the the last point and covid came in and we went into lockdown so i'm going back in february to do the last seven days now because oh, wow. it's unfinished business <laughs> So technically, I've almost walked the length of New Zealand. So, what do you reckon you're at? Two thousand sort of five. I was actually I was wondering or? that um, today. I need to to double check it. There must be about just over a hundred kilometres left to walk. I think. Oh, it's nothing. So yeah, well, I haven't done any training yet. So <laughs> we'll see. I've still got a muddy forest and a whole lot of beach walking to do. So, uh, yeah, it's not, it won't be as easy as it seems. Did you meet people along the way when you're doing it as well? There must have been some stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, there were, I think um, the, the first, um, when I first started it, there were about 2,000 people, I think, walking it um, that year. So from New Zealand, a lot of Germans, a lot of French, um, British, Americans, as well so um you tend to get stuck in these sort of bubbles as, as you walk um and so you you have these groups going from hut to hut or um, town to town um but i was such a slow walker i ended up not getting stuck in these bubbles and so i'd end up probably meeting more people as a result because everybody zoomed past me <laughs> and um, I'm just like, oh, hi, who are you? Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they, they carry on and, um, yeah. yeah. You must have met some interesting people. What, uh, was, was yeah. some characters, any characters that stood out? Yeah, a lot. Um, there were, I've, what I think I found most fascinating was with some of the Americans because um, they – a lot of the Americans who were doing this trail had already done the Pacific Crest Trail or the mm. Appalachian Trail in America. And so they're quite, they're nice trails. They've been around for, for much longer than the Tiaroa Trail. Um, the, they're well-maintained. There's volunteers that look after them. And so the Americans came out, come out and they think, oh, these trails are just going to be like the PCT and the, and the AT and, and they're not. And then they complain about them, um, but they haven't done the research. So that's the number one thing is that, yeah, if you're going to do the Tiaroa Trail, you need to do your research. So, so that's interesting from that point of view. And then 
it's fascinating the uh some of the the older people who are doing it and um well actually that that's fascinating in general there's a big group of people in their 20s young 20s and their gap year and then you've got a whole lot from their sort of mid 50s older and very few in my age group which was late late 30s early 40s and but the the older people they're just amazing i mean they've they really do have um, guts and determination and and you, you cannot have in this day and age this concept of ageism, I think, because, um, you know, anybody can can really try and do something like this if, if they put their mind to it. And, yeah, it's just awe-inspiring really sometimes, yeah. So, so is that, Gee, do you have to do, obviously we'll talk about the sailing stuff in the set, but does that in between – the walk and the sailing. Did, did you have anything in between? You think, right? I've done that now. Did you've conquered a fear? But did you think, right? I need something else now to to, to challenge yourself or between the walk and the sailing. Yeah. Um, get through COVID, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because was... New Zealand, New Zealand's were quite strict, weren't they? Um, certainly. A little bit more in the latter half than, than maybe the UK or uh, some of the other European countries. How how did you kind of find that? Did you because you're obviously sounding very outdoorsy, adventurous, and the COVID have an effect? Uh, it it wasn't it wasn't too bad to begin with because I think everybody was sort of in the same. Um, sort of situation but but when when we went into lockdown in New Zealand um my my fiance and I we were in a well we were in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand at the time and we basically had to try and hitchhike out to the closest town and then we got stuck in a yellow motel room for five weeks which um was definitely a test for our sanity um he's british so he was doing the whole big brother uh geordie accent of um katrina's making a cup of tea and <laughs> all that sort of stuff so it did make it uh, sort of interesting what's that <laughs> but, so uh, d56 in the yellow yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much exactly like that yeah yeah and then when we came back to the uk um Everything, everything was fine. Well, seemed fine here, and then went back into to lockdown. So I think I think it was that second lockdown for me that made it uh, a little bit worse, really. Um, over winter, common. it was hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. the first one was the summer, wasn't it? And it was quite a good summer as well. People said, "I tell you what, I go in the back garden, whatever you put into the back garden." Then all of a sudden, the winter hits. You can't do anything. It's, exactly. And the knock-on effects, I think, has been quite severe still, you know. But so from there, you went on obviously the sailing. Um, yep. How did that trip come about? What what inspired that? Uh, well, that's also interesting. <laughs> um, so my um, yeah, so my fiance is he he's been sailing for about twenty years, and it's a dream of his to to do. Um, around the UK and he did start to do it um, a few years back and he was doing it in sections and then um, decided that he didn't enjoy it anymore but it, again it's that sort of thing that you know calls to him and 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 felt he needed to go and uh, accomplish this uh, so he said well do you want to come along I'm like okay 
<laughs> so I had no knowledge of the lingo of sailing. I'd sailed maybe five times when he when he first bought his boat for this trip. I didn't know my port from my starboard. I didn't know if I was going to get seasick. I didn't even know if I liked sailing. So it was um, I was surprised at myself that I actually said yes to, to something like this. But I think part of it was because I was thinking, oh, four months off work in the summer. Um, there's going to be nice sunsets and uh, golden sand beaches. And it's going to be all, you know, rose tinted glasses and <laughs> that yeah, sort this, of thing. Yeah, this is the yeah. UK. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, I learned it pretty quickly that it's <laughs> that it's not like that at all. <laughs> but do you think the previous, um, for example, the trek helped you get in a good mindset to take on? If you hadn't done the trek, then you might not have been so um, confident, I guess, to do the sailing trip. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, I don't think I would have said yes had it not been for having done um, the walk in New Zealand to begin with. So, yeah, it's it's a lot to – it's a big challenge to take on. And, um, yeah, Mark, I think he definitely – he did all the logistics and all the prep and everything, and I just looked after the kitchen, really. <laughs> but, but I learned to sail and I learned to do um, tie knots and – Generally, I can remember my port from my starboard now, but um, yeah, it, I, would, I don't think I could have done it without having learnt what I learnt from walking the trail. So, would you say that sort of like um, you you talked about you had a huge sort of anxiety, sort of, um, and you needed to kind of get over that, and then you, how? What's the process for building? Up your confidence and, and getting that forward. I don't know if that's quite right, the right way I'm getting across. But you know, as you say, you've different levels. You started out. You you tried to do the Tierra, I hope I've got that right trail, and uh, and then come through because you've also got something else I want to talk about as well, which is the volcanoes. Um, and how would you say you you sort of build and what's the process that goes on to that? I think for it's. What I've learned is it comes down to an awareness um, of of how you're thinking about stuff. Um, so if you if you're being if you're aware of of your thought process uh, where you're feeling self doubt or fear or worries, um, the more aware you are of it you can start to understand what's driving that and and see it for what it is, which is basically a fallacy. Because at the end of the day, I learnt that you're, you're far stronger, more capable, more resilient than you think you are. And the only thing that's holding you back or the only thing that is making you want to quit or give up is is what you're telling yourself at that moment. Um, so awareness is like the first most important thing to to be able to to start overcoming any of those fears. But can you see that in other people though? So you you've had that self-doubt, for example. Can you see that in other people that might not be expressing it themselves, but they're showing that self-doubt? Can you Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I can. It, it's because um, you can pick up on uh, what people say. So um, 
if you have if you're using an excuse i don't have enough time i don't have enough money um i'm i couldn't do that or i'm i'm not brave enough those are all mental mindsets that are, are blocking you there it's a limitation or a self-belief that you're putting on yourself which is stopping you from from achieving what you want to achieve so that's one thing um Another thing, like particularly with the self-doubt stuff, that can manifest itself as being a perfectionist or imposter syndrome, um, comparing yourself to, to other people. It can have all these other things. So that that's another thing of of picking up where where you're putting a limitation on yourself as well. So, so sometimes, yeah, if I'm in conversation with, with people, um, with friends, if, if they've got something that they're wanting to do, listening to, to how they're, they're talking and what the, the stories that they're telling themselves. Um, yeah, it can be interesting. That's yeah. So it's a case of changing that narrative, I guess, for someone as well, right? Yeah, it's but it's not necessarily changing the narrative. It's, it's being aware of what the narrative is to begin with, and then recognizing it for for what it is, um, which is basically not the truth. Mm. I think so. So if if that's changing the narrative, then then sure, change the narrative. But it's I think in. For me, I've come to realize that that we live in a world where there's, you know, there's endless possibilities. There's so there's so much possibility out there beyond what we can even begin to imagine. And and we tend to create these images in our mind, these blocks of of what we can and can't do. But it's all about um, being able to see what those what that square is. Um, which is our nice little world, and being able to step outside that where anything literally is possible. You just have to believe, really. I like that. I just have to believe. Is, is that where the 40 by 40 volcanoes came from? Because I think that is absolutely awesome and completely bonkers at the same time. Um, and very hard but, to achieve. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I was going to ask, where, where are you at? Have you got 20? T- I think it's 20, 26 at the moment. Right. Yeah. And a little past the um, <laughs> the age that I needed to have them all done by. <laughs> but <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to mention. But that's, um, have you managed to do something stupid like fry an egg or anything? Any act- I know that's a completely bonkers question as well, but, um, you know, you see people frying an egg next to a volcano. That's, I just think that's so cool. <laughs> um, well, I haven't done that, no. <laughs> So you're at about 25, 26. What's what's next on the list for the, the 40 by 40? Um, well, I'm thinking I'd quite like to to make a list of all the ones in the UK. Um, so they're not obviously active ones I here in the say, UK. I was going to say, the job creator, we've got volcanoes in the UK. Yeah, you, you have, have? Uh, we, we have very, very old ancient ones, like millions of, of years old from when Scotland and England came together. So, Can I, can I suggest a really easy, cheaty one? Edinburgh oh, yeah, go Castle. for it. 
Edinburgh Castle. Oh yeah, yeah. I've done that once before years ago, but I I should uh, I haven't included that, but I should oh, do should, that yeah, one again. That's, that's twenty seven, definitely. Yeah, 27. Arthur's Seat. Yeah, it's well, a good Arthur climb seat, up there. Actually, Arthur's, Arthur's Seat is another one, but Edinburgh oh, Castle, one. Edinburgh Castle oh, actually yeah. sits on a, an old volcano as well. So there we go. But I, I just thought that was a, a fascinating challenge. And, and I suppose that really comes back to the fact you're talking about looking at what the endless possibilities are in the world. And I really love that as a challenge because, uh, don't get me wrong, walking New Zealand or sailing around the UK, it's a, a, amazing. It's quite a concurrent thing. Um, whereas all the volcanoes, I just thought, wow, that's the creativity that must be involved in that. And, and what was your kind of process behind thinking, right, I want to do volcanoes rather than, uh, you know, uh, cities or whatever? Uh, it was a mixture of things. So so growing up in New Zealand, because New Zealand's on a fault line, um, and my dad is a, a civil engineer, so there's always been this interest in, in geology and, and geography. Um in fact, and so volcanoes have always sort of fascinated me. There's so much power and um, beauty uh, when when one's erupting, and they like mountains, and mountains are great as as well. So so that was part of it, and then also the fact that. Um, for the most part, a lot of volcanoes are much easier to climb than some of the mountains <laughs> in the world. So, so, so I was partly going for the for the uh, the ease side of of things. Um, is that is that the well. sort of Mount Fuji type sort of effect that the the, the way that um, a volcano is formed and yeah, well, that, straight up, right? Yeah, that's that's one one type of um, volcano. I can't remember. I can't remember the exact terminology for for that one, but um, yeah, those ones. But I mean, if you go to for a caldera, which where it's sunk in, um, you don't really need to climb anything for that. Just walk around sounds, the <laughs> walk around like the room. volcano. Can you find thirty nine of those? Um, <laughs> there's there's quite a few in the in the UK. Um, well, I mean, Michael just mentioned. Um, to in in Scotland, but um, yeah. Oh, you mean the actual caldera yeah. uh, ones? The easy ones it, to walk up. Mike's there are there are a few. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm spoilt for choice, really. At the end of the day, <laughs> Mike's problem is he's well past forty. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> fifty by fifty. There you go. There's there a challenge. Go. That would that would be a challenge in eighteen months. So it's come through. <laughs> That's good. Um, you, you obviously, um, we James touched on the sailing, and uh, you, you, you were raising money for Safe Lives mm -hmm. as well, which is obviously something which I'm looking at um, a lot of your posts, and it's very, very close to you um, as an individual, and and how you can help support that. And, but you had an experience in your life that that made that incredibly important to you. And, you talk about could you are you able just to go through a bit of that which talks about the fact that how because of that you are now so much stronger yeah so um i was in a in a emotionally abusive relationship for eight years um and i didn't really recognize what the relationship was um because it, it was quite subtle the behaviors but the effect was essentially a grounding down of my self-worth and self-doubt and, and my identity. 
um, and I lost my spark. Um, and it was it was a, a pretty horrible time, really. And I don't want anybody to ever really have to uh, experience that at all. So it took a long time for me to get the courage up to actually start talking about it and writing about it and, and, and sharing my experience um, because there was so much shame and weakness associated with it. How, how could I get myself into that sort of relationship? Why didn't I recognize it for what it was? Why didn't mm. I leave earlier? How did I stay so long? All, all of that uh, sort of stuff involved with it. So when I did start talking about it, it became clear to me that I wanted to move away from the victim mindset and become more of an owner and and be more myself really and try and take a bad experience and and turn it into something good because then then it would have been worth it so that's that was my thinking behind doing the fundraising for for sailing around great britain if i can help in some way um raise awareness um, get the word out there, then maybe more people can recognize these situations and um, and hopefully I can can help people not go through um, what I felt um, in those low moments. Mm. I think that's uh, fascinating. And I, I love some of the quotes that you've got. Um, uh, you are stronger than you think you can pick yourself up you you can tread a new path towards your destination of your choosing i just that i just absolutely loved um this one thing i've got two daughters um and james has one as well what 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 do you kind of think with these maybe not necessarily always this kind of situation but just what are the biggest challenges for for young women today and and what sort of uh, advice could you sort of give to them oh goodness i think um Social media, my goodness, if, if I had been going through my teenage years with with social media, then goodness gracious, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. That, I wouldn't have a job, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, there you go. <laughs> but I think um, I think it's really important for for young women to to keep in mind what the what the truth is of of their own worth it's not through facebook likes it's not through um the filters that you put on your photos it's not through your relationship status or or how many friends you've got um and it's it, this isn't something that we're really taught at at school i don't think that that our worth comes from within um and that I think it's really important message for uh, young women and, and girls to, to understand that they are amazing just as they are. They don't have to people please. They don't have to put fake eyelashes on. The most important thing is being yourself because there's no one else like you and you are actually amazing just as you are. You don't have to be perfect. In my mind, I think perfect is is being imperfect. And we're all 
imperfect. We all fail. That's that's just life. So there's no one else like us. So so just embrace being you. And as hard as it is, stuff what other people think. <laughs> it's harder said than done, but it's just a message that that you just have to keep getting across. No, I completely agree. As Mike said, it's, um, I've got a my daughter's five, my son's ten. You know, and. I think with social media, it's a Pandora's box. And I think it worries me. It scares the life out of me, to be perfectly honest. Be, and even now, some of the stuff they come out with or what they've seen, it's like, they don't need that. It's like, you know, get yourself outside with a ball or something like that, you know, or get off the iPad or get off YouTube or whatever. It's not, that's not real life. And we spoke to someone, didn't we, Mike, the first, um, the first podcast we did, and the pitfalls of social media, don't get me wrong, there are benefits there, but I think as a whole, personally, I think there's probably more negatives than there are positives on social media. I I, I don't like the stuff, to be perfectly honest. I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, but it's, I don't know, it's the way of the world now, you know, and it's, it's got a, oh, it's a difficult one. I want, I want my kids to be shielded from all that stuff, but then I want them to be, find out their own stuff as well you know it's a, it's a catch 22 but it's there's no easy answer certainly no easy answer no but, but the thing is you could say that really about anything like you could yeah. say it about tv yeah. as well about well, they were saying yeah they were saying see tv was and computer games yeah yeah, oh. yeah exactly yeah all destroying and making our brains mush. I remember my mum telling me sitting too close to the TV would would uh, ruin my eyes. Things like yeah. that as well. That's yeah. very, it's oh, about it's having good. balance at the end of the day, I think, isn't it? So, absolutely. That's so, important. Uh, um, so, thank you very much, um, um, James. Unless there's anything else, we, we we're gonna we've tried to. Um, we're going to incorporate something new with your good self, Katrina. So th- um, all right. hopefully it's this. What we'd like to do at the end of all of our podcasts is, um, without knowing who the next guest is, um, what would be a, a great question you'd like to ask them on the premise that previously learned is about passing on information? What would be that question? Sorry to put you on the spot. Oh, I was going to say, no pressure. Look at that. It's straight. <laughs> yeah. you, you could have given me a bit of <laughs> bit of warning here. <laughs> um, ask, asking them how they define um, courage would be um, quite interesting. I mean, I talked about it earlier, mentioned it, saying it technically is defined as action in the face of fear but knuckling down as to as to how they see it and, and having examples of when they've been courageous that would be really interesting there you go look he's jotting that down right? he's, uh, he's straight onto it doesn't hang about mike he's uh... <laughs> so what's next then so sailing's done you've got to finish off the trek from um finish it off the last few k's what's what's after that yep um i need to try and do some more volcanoes <laughs> so, yep. so there's that um and i'm um yeah so my my partner uh, my fiance has um written a very small ebook on on the sailing and i'm in the process of writing a book for my walk in new zealand so i've written the first draft for that um, and just started doing the 
editing of of trying to pull the 145,000 words that I've written <laughs> into something that's legible that people might actually want to read. Um, so, so that's that's part of the the next uh, challenge there. And then, um, yeah, I need to put my thinking hat on a little bit. <laughs> okay. So, when's the book hopefully going to be released? Oh goodness, um, it'll be uh, more than a year easily. There's a lot of editing to do. <laughs> okay. And um, what's the name of the sailing book? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, it's by Mark Evans, mm -hmm. and it, uh, a voyage around Britain, I think it is. Yeah, a voyage around Britain in a small yacht. Thing, yeah, that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and you can get those details. You can get those details on KatrinaMega.com as well, can't you? Yes. So, yeah. 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 Through. Good stuff. Well, excellent. So I just want to say, we've got to say right at the start, you've only just got engaged, haven't you? That's right. It was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That, that, so that's that's another challenge is organising a wedding from UK to have it in New Zealand. So. <laughs> oh, I've done it twice. Dead easy. <laughs> oh, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James. I was going to say congratulations on that. So thank you. Stuff. So we've set a date. Um, well, we have. Um, we're hoping Easter twenty twenty four. So it's just the small matter of finding a venue. So, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Thanks. <laughs> I, I'd recommend on a volcano. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't know if my dad will be able to get up that, but anyway. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate thank it. You. Very, very oh, thank you. No, I absolutely loved it. No, it's very, very good to talk to you. So, uh, all the best. Oh, best of luck. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with it all. So we'll, we'll be monitoring all the posts and blogs. There's a lot on LinkedIn as well. So yeah, and, thank so you. And good luck to you guys too. I think the um, the idea behind this podcast is um, brilliant. So no, yeah, thank you. Yeah, really honoured to be asked to take part. Thank you. No, definitely our pleasure. No, thank you very much. I thought that was a really, really good uh, chat with Katrina there. Very, very um, insightful. She was completely honest uh, it's just a really really good chat really enjoyed that um, what a couple of things that hit me was the talk about the concept of self-doubt and what holds us back and it's fantastic to hear her views uh, especially on the you know on the case that anybody can do anything they put their mind to it and there was one thing that really resonated with me um, and I, I think her quote was on uh that the only thing that makes you want to quit is you and what you tell yourself. The awareness of your fears is the first step and you are only limiting yourself. You know, it's really, really good stuff. Really, really enjoyed that. What do you reckon? Loved it. I mean, I, I just really loved the way that she uh, allowed herself to look at the world in a kind of different way and that gives her the opportunity to look at endless possibilities like like the volcano challenge i mean um i just think that's also also one of the best excuses i've ever heard to go for go traveling as well um and the other thing i think us having daughters and hearing her talk about 
a woman and their own self-worth and it shouldn't be driven by things like social media and likes and Facebook status and hits and stuff and that women are amazing but, but nobody's perfect we all fail and it's how you embrace that and um, yeah it's just uh, fantastic um, thank you Katrina it's great things so I hope you really enjoyed that um, please pass on please share with uh, anybody your friends and families and uh, like and subscribe and uh, thank you once again and all the best. We'll see you soon.